It's Fire Away Friday. Fire Away Friday. On Exploring the Word, this is your chance to ask us your Bible question at 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. You can also email your question at word at AFR.net or visit Facebook.com slash Exploring the Word. Exploring the Word. It's Fire Away Friday on American Family Radio. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. Well, that was Proverbs 22.1, and we have had a great week in the book of Proverbs on Exploring the Word. And this is Fireway Friday, where we sort of change gears, and we open up the phones quite a bit, and we love to hear your Bible questions. And uh, Bert Harper and I, Alex McFarland, will do our best to answer your Bible questions. But we have a very special day, folks, because with us in the studio is a guest. Now, Bert Harper is going to introduce this guest, but I just want to be on record telling everybody how much I thank the Lord for the guest you're about to meet because hugely influential um, 19 years ago, no, no, 20 years ago, uh, this person uh, did something in my life in ministry that hugely opened doors. And in fact, I would argue that I still to this moment am reaping the blessings of this uh, brother and mentor that you're about to meet. So, Bert Harper, I'm going to let you introduce our guest, a very special person in in my life, and our guest in this part of Fireway Friday. Amen, Alex. And he and his wife have become a very special part of my life as well. By the way, that number, and we're opening up the lines, it is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. We would love to have your Bible question. And uh, But today we have a special guest that's going to help answer those questions, and it is Jerry Drace. Welcome, Jerry. Hey, brother. How you doing? Doing great. If that voice sounds familiar, you'll know uh, some spots that run during the day at different times of the day here on AFR called Hope for the Home. And he and his wife, Becky, and Becky's in the studio. She decided she would stay away from the microphone. But uh, Jerry's going to be with us this hour, and we're looking forward to that. And, Jerry, we welcome you again. Let me give you that number, 888-589-8840. Give us that call, that Bible question. We'd love to have it today. But tell us about Hope for the Home. Hope for the Home. Well, 20-something years ago, I wrote a lot of pastors, and I asked them what was their number one challenge. I was like, what was their number one challenge in the ministry? And when all the answers came back through the mail, the number one answer was, how do we minister to the families in our churches? And they kind of blew me away, Bert. I was thinking they might be asking, how can we build a bigger church or more people saved or whatever? But to find out, the pastors are also asking, how can we minister to our own families? Amen. And Alex just mentioned a moment ago, and there's dear Alex, my, my dear, dear friend. Hello, uh, my, my mentor and friend, Dr. Jerry Drace. It's so good to see you. But you know, brother, I only have to be six weeks older than you to be your mentor, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mercy, Lord. <laughs> Lord let's let's not, say this. Hey, oh, uh, Alex, we're not, uh, Jerry and I are not going to go there. Go ahead with your question. <laughs> yeah, let, let, well, <laughs> listen, maybe this is another story for another day. I don't want to take up our whole show, but folks, you've heard me talk about Dr. James Dobson, for whom I worked uh, eight years and still stay in contact with. But uh, it, long story short, it was Jerry Drace that got me that job. I went to work at Focus on the Family and suddenly uh, offers to write books, touring up and down the West Coast. So many doors opened, and ultimately probably my time at AFA uh, was a ripple effect of all that. But God did it, and God gets the glory. But the one that opened that door for me with Focus on the Family and James Dobson, that was Jerry and Becky Drace. Well, but that was just an honor. Honestly, that was just an honor to do that. I'm so proud of you. Well, and, but Hope for the Home, that's been around 20-something years oh, now. Oh, yeah. Dr. Dobson, in fact, you mean Dr. Dobson suggested to me, Jerry, why don't you and Becky consider doing something for the pastors? Because I was in full-time evangelism. And out of that came a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday event we call Hope for the Home. We do 10... <laughs> hour to hour and a half sessions 
during those three days that deal with family issues. And what's so neat, Bert, is that so much of it comes from the people themselves. We've taken their thoughts and their suggestions and their questions, and we've done a lot of research. And uh, Becky finished, got her master's in Christian counseling, and so when she speaks to the ladies, she comes from a great background. And we've been, I think we've done about 300 of these conferences now in the United States. We've done quite a, few in, quite a few in Scotland. So, And that led to AFR. When Tim and I were talking three years ago, we, the idea came up, can you and Becky do a one-minute devotion yeah. on the family? Can, can you imagine asking, <laughs> asking an evangelist to speak for one minute? <laughs> With his wife. <laughs> With his wife. <laughs> well, to her credit, she writes the devotions. She, she literally writes them, and I supposedly edit them. I don't have to do much editing. And then we go to the studios, and we record. Amen. Well, you've just done that while you're here in yep. Diplo, Mississippi. We're so thankful. If people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Let's do it through, uh, they can go to hopeforthehome.org, O-R-G, or they can go to our email, which is even easier. It's J-D-E-A, Jerry Drace Evangelistic Association, J-D-E-A-I-N-C. Okay. At Juno.com. I still Juno. have, I still have Juno. Juno. I have to get that in. Yeah. I'll be doing emails and I'll come across Juno or say, okay, I got to get that. Oh, I got to look at it a second time. Well, Alex, are you and Jerry ready to answer these questions? Well, Alex yes, is. <laughs> the number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840, and we'll do our best to give you a good biblical answer to each and every question. Frederick, we're thank you for calling today all the way from Alabama. What part of Alabama, Frederick? Mobile, Alabama. Oh, right. That's uh, in the Down southern the part. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're glad you part. called today. Go ahead, brother, with your question. Yes. Um, I don't, I want to see what's your take on uh, uh, Zachariah 5-9. It's these two women that have a... Uh, uh, Wings like uh, it's not doves. It's like uh, I know it's Zechariah five nine. I need to know if they were angels or, or you know, it kind of feels that way. But at the same time, it doesn't because of what they're doing. They're taking away a sin to, to like towards Babylon. Yeah, we got it, Alex. Uh, Zechariah five nine. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, um, this vision of these women in a basket and. Uh, the angel said, lift up your eyes and see what, what this is that goes forth, a basket. And then there is wickedness that is um, sort of taken away in the basket. You know, Bert, let me say this. We know the word angel means messenger. And I wonder if there, because there are several other uh, visions that come, well, really even before and after this, and what goes on in Zechariah is ultimately in, like, 9, uh, this culmination of Armageddon, really, and the return of Christ. This is very pictorial. I wonder, I'm just speculating here, if this is kind of a picture of the church and the church age because the angels, um, you know, in Revelation it talks about churches having an angel and a lampstand, and the angels that ultimately, you know, fight the armies of the Antichrist. I wonder if it's um, a kind of a pictorial way of talking about the message of the gospel, because sin is taken away. Uh, that's about my best guess on what it is. Well, let me say this, and Jerry, you may have a say, when you get into Ezekiel, Zechariah, get ready for some imagery, mm. you know? Yes. And imagery that is given like this sometimes has difficulty to knowing exactly. So if you can get the thrust of it, judgment coming or deliverance, whatever, you've done a good job because uh, the imagery that you have is sometimes it's hard to know exactly. Jerry, would you add anything that Alex said? What Alex said. <laughs> Ditto. Well. Hey, that's what I say as well. But we appreciate that, Frederick, and take care of Southern Alabama. We love, love Alabama and all these states that AFR is in. Let's go to Illinois and talk to John. Welcome, John. Hello, how are you? Doing good. How are you doing? Is it cold in Illinois today? It is a little chillier than it has been lately, yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard how cold it is in a few places. You have a Bible question for us today, brother? I do. My question is about Matthew, verse 25, 
verses 14 through 30, and also Luke chapter 19, verses 12 through 27. I want to know if you think that these passages are describing the judgment seat of Christ. Brother, you. you won't believe this. Right in my hand, I have that question that was asked. <laughs> and uh, so we, I brought it in in case we didn't have anybody to call in. That's the question we were asking. Let me repeat that, Alex, so you'll get the verses. Matthew 25, 14 through 30, and Luke 19, 11 through 27. Uh, you, you recognize them. Are those describing the judgment seat of Christ? I think probably so, because this is not about salvation, but this is about rewards for um, those that, uh, you know, everything we do post-salvation, you know, the, the Bema seat where Christians are judged. Now, not about being saved or lost, but about how faithful we were with what we were entrusted, you know, what we did after salvation. Now, the Bema seat of Christ is found pretty much in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, um, the judgment seat. But uh, I, I think that's probably the most likely scenario, because later on, like in Matthew 25, 31 and following, is the judgment of the nations, which is always about the lost people, the masses that died unsaved. So prior to that, up to verse 30, probably is the evaluation and the rewards or lack thereof for people that were believers. Yeah. And and what you have, let me just share the judgment seat. Think of the Olympics and receiving rewards. Uh, that's, that's what it is. Now, I think there's going to be some tears because we're going to remember everything, but it is those rewards that you might get and receive during that time, Jerry. You know what strikes me about this passage is that to whom much is given, much is required. The man that had five talents could have said, I've got five talents, that's pretty good, but he invested it, got five more. And the person who had two did the same thing, and the person who only had one, of all things, went and hid it. And the, um, the point I'm making is when God gives us a talent, whatever it is, it's not to be put in the ground, it's to be invested. Amen. I think of how many people I've met throughout all the years who are much better pulpiteers than I am and much better presenters of the gospel. But my job is not to compete with them. It's to invest the talents God has given me. Amen. Be faithful with what you have received. Amen. And uh, so use it for the glory of God. This is Exploring the Word. Our guest today is Jerry Drace. He's helping Alex and myself. We're looking forward to it as we come back in just three minutes with more of Exploring the Word. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Catherine Tai, United States Trade Representative. Her agency is responsible for developing and promoting American trade policy. She is part of the President's Executive Office. Leviticus 25.14 reminds us of the importance of fair trade. And if you make a sale to your neighbor or buy from your neighbor, you shall not wrong one another. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Catherine Tai in her role as United States Trade Representative. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Do you really need to follow a family budget if you trust God to meet your financial needs? Dr. Tony Evans says yes. He'll explain why today as we spend two minutes with Tony. Here's what you need to know. God believes in planning. God is a planner. He even plans things before the foundation of the world. God believes in planning. We go and we ask God to do things for us without a plan. So we ask him to bless nothingness. We give vague prayers to vague needs and we get vague answers. Because we do not believe in the specificity of how God works. God works in concert with a plan. You regularly see him in scripture responding to a plan or changing a plan or tweaking a plan or creating a plan but it's all tied to a plan. 
So you must have a plan. Now we call a plan in our economy a budget. A budget is a financial plan. They're financial planners. In other words, give God something specific to work with. Stop trying to luck yourself or lottery yourself into debt reduction. You got people standing in long lines buying lottery tickets, trying to win a billion dollars, waiting for their ship to come in, when if you would go and start with God's plan, you wouldn't be wasting all that money on luck when you've got somebody who operates with a plan. Learn why everything we have comes from God and what He wants us to do with it. Check out Tony's CD series, Kingdom Stewardship, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. Colossians 1.13 American Family Radio Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. He is mighty to save. Matter of fact, yesterday we had the privilege of winning and leading a lady to the Lord. She called in and praise the Lord. If you're listening today, Shelly, I wanted to share with you, praise God, heaven's uh, angels rejoiced over you coming to Christ. And by the way, you were talking about the higher power and, and you go into AA. Let me recommend to you celebrate recovery. Uh, there may be a church in your area that you could find, and they don't. They know that higher power. They know him personally. It's Jesus Christ. So, Shelly, if you're uh, listening today, I hope that helps you. But we're, we have our guest today, Dr. Jerry Drace and Grace would fit them. That sounds good, buddy. It does, but Jerry Drace, and we're proud for him to be on, so he's helping answering questions. So let's go to Georgia and talk to David. Welcome, David. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. I listen to you and Alex a lot, often, very often, brother. Thank you, man. Well, thank you. Yeah. I want to know what's the difference between an apostate and a bike slider. And have they lost their salvation? Or can they steal? What are they status, really? The apostate mm. and the backslider. What's the difference? Great question. Hey, let me weigh in on this. And first of all, thanks for listening. I really, really appreciate that. Um, backsliding is when a born-again Christian falls into sin. But apostasy really involves denial of some of the key doctrines of the Christian faith. And Bert, I think about, and Dr. Drace as well, like in 1 John chapter 2, um, you know, where it talks about they went out from us, but they were never really with us, because if they had been, that they would have stayed. And they're false prophets. So apostasy, which very interestingly is a Greek word, the same word for riot, like a free-for-all, a brawl, right? When, when somebody denies that Jesus is deity, the Son of God, or that Jesus is the only way of salvation, that's apostasy. Now, let's say somebody falls into sin. Um, one thing about a true born-again Christian, they might stumble into sin. The thing is, though, if somebody's really born again, they'll feel bad about it, yeah. and that conviction ultimately will weigh so heavily on them that they'll repent and come back, won't they? You know, Dr. Drace, the Bible doesn't teach continual backsliding, does it? I mean, it does let us know some can. You fall away from following Christ, not from Christ, but following him. But the Bible teaches repentance about that, doesn't it? It does. Apostasy, like Alex said, is when somebody just renounces their faith. It's almost like we used to call them a heretic. When they deny the basic principles of Scripture, That that's apostasy, a, a, Backslider, I think it was Vance Havner, Alex, that once said, there are so many people in our church today that have to backslide to be in fellowship with Christ to begin with. Um, <laughs> backsliders are those who will break their fellowship. And we see this in our churches as pastors. They will start for a while. You see this, Bert. They'll start, and man, for two or three months, they are on fire, and then all of a sudden, the fire is extinguished, yeah. and they just back out. They, you know, And so 
My question has always been, what does it take to bring the backslider back? And you hit it. It's repentance. Yeah, it is. As repentance is an important word in Powerful the Word, word. of God. Need to pay attention to it. Uh, thank you so much for that call, David. Let's go to Texas and talk to Chad. Welcome, Chad. Hello, guys. How are y'all? Doing well hey. today, man. Good. Say, uh, so I don't have so much a question, but uh, what I got, I guess, would be a talent, uh, something God has given me that I have. Unfortunately, I've been hiding under the ground, and I feel the need to bring it out now, and I'm going to witness to a friend of mine tomorrow. And anyhow, so I'm just calling for prayers for Michael, who I will be speaking to, and uh, that the Holy Spirit would just come and uh, speak through me. Amen. Praise God. Alex? Jerry, that is exciting. So here's what we want everybody to do that's listening. Get a piece of paper, or if you have your phone, you can put it on notes and and put Michael and pray for him to receive Christ tomorrow as Chad boldly and humbly. You can have those combinations. Humbly and boldly goes to share with him. Chad, thank you, brother, for calling and asking us to pray. Yeah, Chad, that, that's an amazing man. If more people had that on their hearts if Christians would open their mouth and just share Jesus, can you imagine what this would do to our world? Amen. Uh, and Chad, the best testimony, a witness you can ever give is just to tell somebody what Christ has done for you, buddy. Amen. Amen. Uh, Chad, thank you. Be sure and pray. And we're going to have a prayer for several here. So I'm marking them down. So when I pray, I'll call out their names. Let's now, let's go to Illinois and talk to William. Welcome, William. Good afternoon, brothers. Uh, I've often heard the Romans 8 quoted, There is therefore no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus, and we never go any further with that. And it goes on to say, Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now jump over to chapter, I mean to verse 9. Now, if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I often wonder today with all the voting and stuff of putting these people in that are so ungodly, are you going down there to the pole in the Spirit of Christ? Because if you're not, he says, you're none of his. And I think there's a big responsibility there that's being ignored. Uh Hey, when we get into yeah. the Holy Spirit, I'm not sure now, the Spirit of Christ, if that's the same as the Holy Spirit. So I'll leave you with that. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Okay. Thank you. We, go ahead, Alex. Well, you know, I, I do. I think it's evident that a lot of leaders are not indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God for the, some of the positions they take. Uh, you know, I wrote an article several weeks ago during the State of the Union. There were a number of uh, liberal leaders, uh, and I'll just say it, Democrat leaders that were in the chambers during the State of the Union, and heaven forbid they ha- had on a little button that said, I heart abortion, like love abortion, the little heart symbol. And I, and I thought about this, um, how could somebody who claims to know the Lord wear a pen that says, I heart abortion, which is the murder of the unborn. And so, um, like he quoted Romans, if a man does not have the spirit of Christ, he's not, he doesn't belong to Christ. Because when you are born again, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell you. And guys, let me just say this. Um, on the day you get saved, you might not know all the things that you ultimately will come to learn as a Christian, but if the Holy Spirit indwells you, you're not going to fight against and stand against things that the Scripture speaks very clearly on. And, and to the previous caller, you know, the caller mentioned apostasy. Um, when, when there are, whether it be elected officials, religious leaders, educators that are so vehemently opposed to things the the Word of God speaks clearly about, I've got to conclude they just they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. Okay. Bert, would you agree? I agree. The Spirit of Christ. Now, 
You can have the attitude of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, the Spirit of Christ. Let me share with you. We will not have that apart from the Holy Spirit. That is just it. Without him indwelling us, and then after he indwells us, we're to obey him, aren't we, Jerry? Absolutely. That's the key is obedience. It is. As a follow-up to his question about the Spirit of Christ, if you go to verse 11, my friend, in that same chapter, it says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So, yes, that is the Holy Spirit that they're talking about. Amen. And it's exactly what Bert was saying. A lot of people think they're filled with the spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. That's <laughs> it's a big difference. It is. Thank you so much, William. Let's go to Iowa and talk to David. Welcome, David. Oh, hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I really just have uh, a couple prayer requests here today. But as I was on hold, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I- I'm going to be talking to the A-team, all three of you guys there at one time. <laughs> I was thinking you guys are the, are the A-team. Mm-hmm. God, God is good. Well, right? it's a good thing that Alex is, is not – uh, Mr. T about being afraid to fly. Uh, he would stay knocked out all the time as much as oh, he, Jesus. okay, let's, let's not go there. Thank you, David. Go ahead, brother. I just had to say that. Well, I, I, you know me, I'm ready to laugh at any time. So go ahead. Okay. I, um, I've called before for my son, Samuel, who struggles, um, with, um, gender identity issues. And, um, and he has some learning disabilities. I, I, I'm 63. I, we adopted late. I'm, uh, I was 44 when we adopted. And um, so I just took early retirement because I, I need to get more time with him. And um, at any rate, he's, he's just really going through a tough time right now. And we are as well. And I know, um, you know, there's no magic in, in certain people's prayer, but I know there's power in prayer and power in unity and prayer. And uh, so when I heard all three of you guys talking this morning, I just felt like I needed some prayer for my son. Amen, David. Thank you. Samuel is his name, 18 years old, and I pray for his parents. And David, can we pray for you right now for that brother? Oh, that would be wonderful. Thank you. Let's do that. Lord Jesus, in your name and in your power, by your blood that was shed on the cross. We thank you, number one, for salvation. We thank you, number two, Father, that you never make mistakes. And we pray right now for Samuel that you'll give this young man guidance and wisdom and peace of mind and heart. And above all, give his father, give his father, David, the direction that he needs to counsel with his son. Thank you that here is an earthly father who is concerned about his son. Lord, you never lead us to make mistakes. And so may we be still and know that you're God. And again, fill Samuel's mind and heart with your peace and your presence and your words and not the words of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, David. And also remember praying for Michael. We're praying for that and for Chad, that as well. So we thank God for that. Let's go to Texas. And Julie, welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, hello from the great state of Texas. Yes. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so I have a question about the Day of Judgment, and um, as a Christian, I uh, probably assume like other Christians that we are already going to be accepted into heaven, but on Judgment Day, that may not be the case. I really don't know. So according to our works, or is it for every word, bad word that we've spoken, or every bad thought we've we've thought, um, is there consequences? Is there a reason that we would not be accepted to Heaven, is there punishment? Is there penalties? I don't even understand it. Well, let me make one statement real quick. Jesus is going to wipe away all the tears, okay? So I believe there, when, I don't think it'll necessarily have to be seen. I think when we see Jesus, we are going, this is mine. You remember when Peter and uh, Jesus met their eyes when Jesus was on trial? And yeah. that right, after G, right after Peter saw Jesus, he went out and wept bitterly. And when we stand before him, I believe there's going to be some tears because we're going to look what I could have done, look what I shouldn't have done. Go ahead, Alex. 
Well, you know, it's very interesting uh, that all cultures throughout the world have uh, basically three things. They've got a creation narrative. Uh, all of the ancient cultures have, have a flood story. And, but there's also the concept universally throughout history in all cultures of a judgment day that ultimately God, whoever God is, is going to have the whole human race stand there and give an account. Now, when we say judgment day, uh, probably the most well-known Bible passage that speaks what we call the judgment day is Revelation 20, 11 through 15, where John says, I saw the, a great white throne, and the dead, small and great, stood before God, and the books were opened. But the thing about a Christian, if you've accepted Christ... Um, you'll never be at that judgment day, the great white throne. The, the great white throne is the judgment of the unsaved nations of the world. Now, guys, I want to say this. John 10, 28, Jesus says of the believer, I give to them eternal life, and they will never perish, and nothing will pluck you out of my hand. So, guys, I, I firmly believe that when a, a born-again Christian and born again means that you've admitted your sin, you've, you've acknowledged that Jesus is the Son of God, and when he died on the cross, he did it for every one of us, you and me, but then you personally receive that gift. And we've said this many times, and folks, you can know, you can know, Jesus is as close by as a prayer, and if you need to be saved, and you can know that whenever you leave this world, you'll be with Christ in heaven, you call out to Jesus today, and he will save your soul. But the saved will never perish. And there will, really, for the saved, there will be no, quote, judgment day, because the judgment of sin was poured on Christ, and we received his forgiveness. Now, there will be rewards for faithful service done post-salvation. But, um, guys, I'm just going to say this, and you feel free to agree or disagree. Uh, for the born-again believer who's trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, Judgment Day is something that, that the Christian will never have to fear. We will not. Uh, Jerry, yeah. the rewards, uh, part of, you know, we know at least five. There may be more than that that a believer can, can win, and uh, we're going to lay them at the feet of Jesus. So the whole idea for the Christian, will I have anything to show for what God has given me? You know, we want to be ready for that day, don't we, Jerry? Yes, we do. Julie, you asked that great question. What part of our behavior is being judged? Uh, Julie, let me ask you. You know you're a Christian. Is that correct? Oh, yes. 1991 in July. Okay. <laughs> I know. I, the first book I read was Matthew. And, um, well, hold that I thought. Forgive sure. me for yeah, interrupting. We've got to take a break. We're going to come right back after this break. Don't hang up. Dr. Drace, hold that thought, and we'll continue talking about salvation and uh, what the Christian might expect when exploring the word continues. Too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear, because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast, music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, it's easy to listen to AFR. The AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users, but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. Download the AFR app today at AFR.net. And I'm convinced that God respects the probing questions of his children. That he delights when we don't just take things on the surface, but when we go beyond the surface to find the answers that are available. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for Slaying the Giant of Doubt on the next Turning Point Weekend Edition. Listen to Turning Point, Sunday mornings at 7 o'clock Central on American Family Radio. Sometimes you see a win, a glimpse of God in this broken world. Preborn rejoices in the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Preborn's mission is to love and help women in unplanned pregnancies by offering them the truth to help them make the right choice by providing free ultrasounds. You see, when an expectant mom hears her baby's heartbeat and sees the image of her baby on ultrasound, she's seeing a life created in God's image, and it's a divine connection. And I got to hear and see my baby for the first time. Hearing the heartbeat made me cry, and it was certain that I was going to keep my baby forever. 
To learn more about Preborn's life-saving work, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. All gifts are tax deductible. Your love can save a life. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Mark described the Gadarean demoniac, the one who said, My name is Legion, for we are many, as living among the tombs, breaking free from shackles and chains, howling in the night, and cutting himself with stones. But Jesus cast the demons out of him. And when the townspeople saw him with Jesus, free, clothed and in his right mind, that is when they were afraid. If you've recently been freed by Jesus, don't be surprised if it makes your old friends uncomfortable. It's not you. It's them. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. You're my defender. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Welcome back. It's Fireway Friday, and uh, we're talking with Dr. Jerry Drayson. By the way, folks, the number is 888-589-8840 if you've got a Bible question. But uh, Dr. Drayson, I want you to continue. You had a conversation going on with this um, listener. Julie, yes. Uh, So continue, please. Julie, are you still there? If we lost the the caller, uh, Dr. Drace, you were talking about salvation. Yeah. She asked the question, am I already, well, let's see, what part of our behavior is being judged? And I was going to share with her this great verse out of Psalm 103, verse 12. It says She's on now. Oh, Julie, are you there? I'm here. All right. But I wanted to ask, is no. it the same thing as the Book of Life? Well, let, let me finish this statement here first. On, okay. on yes, Psalm 103, verse 12, there is this verse. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And your question was, what part of our behavior is being judged? When you came to Christ and asked him to be your Lord and Savior, your sins were judged then. He judged our sins at the cross. And when you remove something as far as the east is from the west, it means it never comes back. If you start traveling east, Julie, you will always go east. So don't worry about the things of judgment. Uh, Alex put it right. That that kind of judgment you're thinking about, that's for those that are lost. And then you ask the question, am I already called to enter heaven? When you came to Christ, you got the privilege of entering heaven at that moment. Uh, you're not saved to go to heaven. You're saved to church to serve Christ. But going to heaven is a reward. So, yes, you're ready. and You're called to enter heaven even the moment you became a Christian. Does that make sense to you? It, it does, and I, I do appreciate that. It's just hard when people, I know people who also say that they are Christian, but the the, the behavior or, or stuff, it makes me wonder about myself. And then when I'm, when they say to me, I'm not a good Christian or, 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 you know, as like being a hypocrite or something, but I just, it makes me wonder, okay, what does this exactly mean when, when we are all called uh, and, and our names is, are pulled from the book of life and we have to count in, in this long line is what I kind of visualize. And then um, everybody who we've done something wrong against and then we have to account for that. I, I don't know, is that legalistic looking or it, it, someone else told me well, that that's just the way you have, you have well, such a deep fear of, of that. Okay. I- we need a long talk. When you come to Christ, the only book you need is the Bible. That's number one. Stay in the Bible. Number two, we don't have the spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. So, hon, if you'll just take the Scriptures, the Word of God, and follow that, get your reassurance from that, not any so-called other book or anyone else. I have found that to be so very helpful. And it's good to know that when you come to Christ, it's settled once and for all. If you're yeah. forgiven, forgotten, forever, and it's never brought back up. 
So that is something to shout about. Amen. You know, you know Julie's been forgiven. Julie, stay in the book of First John for a while, and and know these words that you may know. It's used five different times in that chap in that book that has five chapters. That you may know. That you may know. And I want to tell you, it's it. If you know, it's not pride. That is the most humbling thing in the world to know that you know that Christ has come into your life. So, Julie, hope that helps. Thank you. We're going to go to Montana. Becca, welcome. <laughs> D- Becca, do you know one of these guys that's talking on the radio today? I'm here. How are you guys? <laughs> now, who is this, Jerry? I think that's the girl I call my daughter. I'm not sure. <laughs> she hey, moved Dad. to Montana. Hey, Alex. <laughs> hey, Mr. Hurt. Hello there. It's good to have you on. Out there Thank in Mont- you. I had a... I have a question out of Proverbs 22.6 on parenting. Okay. Uh, we have two children, and my, my question is, when you parent children in the same direction, which is follow Christ, love Christ, love your neighbor, how can you teach them differently when they both have completely different personalities? <laughs> Uh, are you talking about yourself and our son Drew? Is that, is that what you're... Oh, no, but I was thinking about that because I don't remember hearing parent differently, but we were totally different personalities, and uh-huh. we're just struggling with with that here. Uh huh. You hit it right on the head. You and Drew have different personalities, and Josh and Issa have different personalities, but we have the same book, and so you yeah. teach you teach them the same word, hon, and the Holy Spirit will manifested in their lives in different ways. Can you imagine if you had five or six or seven children or even more? Right. Oh, wow. Can, if you had more, you'd need therapy. But, I mean, if, <laughs> if, if, you have, if you have just two, as those two are and you two were, teach them the same book, and in their own ways they will manifest it. And that's, that's a great question because look how many of us realize, well, Lord, she's not like him and he's not like her. So mm-hmm. all of us are so totally different. That's what makes up the family of God. Right. I'm, glad, I'm glad you're listening out there in Montana. Yeah. Isn't that great? I listen to AFR even when you're not on, Daddy. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. Okay. You. Thank you, Becca. Thank you. Okay. Let's go to Mississippi. Michael, welcome. When I was 13 years old, I was saved and I was baptized. I backslid for 40 years, okay? The last eight years, I have been in church. I felt something come over me. And I, I I teach Sunday school, I teach discipleship training, and I think I do a pretty good job of it. But my question is, do I need to get saved again, or is God going to forgive me for the backsliding, and and and, and I just continue on? I, go ahead, Michael. Listen carefully, Alex. Go ahead. Yeah, um, Michael, tell me what it was like when you say you got saved. Was was there a time when you confessed your sin? And the word repentance means to turn. And the best way you know how you turn from sin to faith in Christ. And you said, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for me. And I'm accepting you. And I'm accepting what you did as the full payment for my sin. Is that... Do you understand that when you first got saved, that's what We're you not, did? He, he dropped, so just go ahead and, oh, and okay. share, Alex. So um, the, the answer is yes. I mean, if you come back to Christ from a time of backsliding, whether it be a short time or many, many decades, you, you are cleansed because, all right, 1 John 1, 9, which we often use in evangelism, is actually written to believers. And 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I was just thinking about this, listening to the caller, guys. I think some people remain in a backslidden state because maybe they feel ashamed to even come back. It's like, how could I, how could I return to Jesus? Surely he must be angry with me. Surely he must be so brokenhearted. I'm ashamed to even come back. And I want to say, if anybody's listening and you you know you need to come back to the Lord, don't think God is mad at you. Don't think that Jesus doesn't want you back. He does. Now, you keep on in sin, you're going to experience judgment and repercussions. But, guys, I think backsliders stay backslidden very often because they feel ashamed to come back to the Lord. 
Do you guys think that? I would agree. Let me tell you this real quick testimony. We'll go to the next caller. As a 12-year-old boy, I saw my dad uh, walk the aisle of the local Baptist church where we were attending. And we had not attended in 10 years after my birth. We didn't go to church for 10 years. My dad was saved during that period of time. He had gone through a church fuss, and he was just out of it. He said, I'm not going to put up with it. But God wouldn't let him alone. People loved him. We came back to that church. It's a different church because we'd moved. But when I saw my dad walk that aisle as a 12-year-old boy, uh, mm-hmm. two weeks later, that 12-year-old boy got saved. Mm-hmm. When I saw my dad get right with God, and he, he had already saved, but he says, I was wrong. I sinned. It touched my heart. And uh, that, that there was a divine connection there, guys. So I, I would say to you, brother, Michael, um, make it plain. You're saved. Make sure you're saved and keep on trucking, but live for the Lord. Brother, thank you so, so much. Uh, we, I want to go next to Molly in Louisiana. Molly, welcome. Yes, I have a quick question. If we read in the book of Romans, um, we know that men are without excuse because we see God in everything, you know, in nature. But what about the people who perish never hearing Jesus Christ? Okay, great question, Molly. What? Alex, uh, Molly, uh, we're, 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 I'm not trying to cut you off, but we got the question. We kind of had that question yesterday about being judged according to the amount of light you received. Go ahead, Alex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, a really great book is by a missions expert named Don Richardson called Eternity in Their Hearts. It's based on Ecclesiastes 3.11 that says God has set eternity and the knowledge of, of ultimate things in our heart. And there, there are basically four lines of, of witness or revelation, creation, conscience, Scripture, and Savior. Now, obviously, the Bible and Jesus vividly tell us about the gospel, but what about those who don't have Christ and Scripture, but they do have creation and conscience? Um, you know, everybody has a knowledge of God. They really do, and everybody has a, a knowledge of their accountability to God. Psalm 19 talks about the heavens and earth bear witness to the glory of God. Most, from, from Billy Graham to C.S. Lewis, would say God is going to judge people on the response they gave to the amount of light they had. Now, we, we need to do missions, we need to tell the world about Jesus, but um, yeah, there's, there's a, an accountability. Uh, that And to everybody listening, you know, there was an evangelist many years ago named Oliver B. Green, and Oliver Green said it would be a terrible thing to go to hell from America. Uh, where the gospel is broadcast, there's a church on every other street corner. And so let me say, if anybody's wrestling with the question, what about those who haven't heard? Well, let's remember, you can't say you haven't heard. And ultimately, that's what it is. It's like Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? Okay. Got anything, Jason? Okay, let's go to the next caller, and it's Jeff in Iowa. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, this is my first time calling into you guys. You guys, you guys are awesome. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> to God be the glory. So I'm calling in because um, my father has dementia. And growing up, my parents never went to church. And I was probably saved uh, right after college. <clears throat> And going through these tough times, I just would like people to pray for my parents. Okay. Jeff, we're going to. Uh, those of us who have had parents with dementia, it's tough. It's hard. Been there. Uh, but when you don't know or when you think the possibility of not being saved even makes it even more difficult. But I think we could pray for Jeff and his yes, parents. Yes. Alex, would you mind doing that? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come, and Lord, we we thank you that the Bible promises your ear is inclined to hear the cries of your children. Lord, I I pray for this man, and Lord, I pray for his uh, family members that um, somehow, some way, that they would know you, and Lord, um, that they would hear uh, even 
even though it appears a lot of times elderly parents have uh, Alzheimer's or dementia. And I know through shepherding our own parents through their last years. But, Lord, I, I pray you'll bless this brother, give him just uh, a joy in his heart, hope in his heart. Let him continue to be a witness to all those around him, especially his parents and family members. And, Lord, let every single one of us remember that every day is an opportunity to tell others about Jesus and salvation. And, Lord, those of us, those loved ones that we want to be saved, I pray, dear Jesus, for all the lost people in our lives, you would keep them alive physically till they could be born spiritually. And may we ever be about telling the world how to know Jesus, beginning in our own homes. In Christ's name I pray, Lord. Amen. Amen. Pray for Jeff and his parents. We're going to try one more call today, and it's Tommy in Alabama. Tommy, we don't have a lot of time, but listen, we want to hear from you. Go ahead. Okay, real quick. I have a Pentecostal uh, friend who became a friend who became a Pentecostal preacher, and he says there's a separate baptism of the Holy Spirit, just like on the day of Pentecost. And he he makes a really good uh, argument in that. in every instance during that time, uh, they were they would speak in tongues after receiving the Holy Spirit. Um, but I told him, you know, today you don't have the Russian wind and the tongues of fire. But what would y'all say to that? Okay, don't have a lot of time, Alex. Go ahead, man. I would say read First Corinthians twelve, and and you'll see that uh, there's different gifts. Not everybody has every single gift, and uh, but um, listen. <laughs> Guys, I'm kind of at the point like uh, D.L. Moody was. I, look, as long as you're living for Jesus and serving Jesus, I don't care what camp you land in, just be about Jesus. Amen. Listen, uh, the book of Acts demonstrates that. Let me just share with you the speaking tongues in the book of Acts. Each one of those times, it was like in a frontier area where the gospel was first being received. It's really opening. Jerry, thank you for thank being you, with us. It's always amen, good. Amen. You can drop in anytime. Oh, thank you. I love you guys. So, we so love thank, you. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate y'all's ministry so much. Alex, take us out, brother. Well, folks, come see me at First Baptist Spartanburg, South Carolina Sunday. I'll be there for all the services. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Word. Tell somebody about AFR, but most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.